By the time you hear this podcast, you'll want to spend the day in Marina Del Rey. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. What 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 was that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have become a I'm a fan of this show on um on IFC called Sherman Showcase. I may have told you about it before, but for if people who don't know, or if I did not tell you specifically, Ben, um, it's a sketch comedy show and it's a basically a parody of Soul Train and American Bandstand. <laughs> um, okay. And which Sherman, who is the the host of the show, he has these different musical acts, but they um and and the kind of things he tries to do, he tries he, he wants to he's he's attending to be a, a media mogul, which he has this variety show and movies and television shows, and they just it's a sketch comedy show reflecting black entertainment, basically. So okay. they had a um a yacht rock act. <laughs> He's had an act named uh Charade, which was a parody of Prince. Uh and Vic <laughs> Vic Mensa, for those who know Mick Vic Mensa played Charade. Um and they had a uh for the people who may have seen me post, there's a song called um Get Some Kente. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> but it was basically like it was a house music song, but uh, it was about putting um, like putting kente cloth on everything. And it came out right when um, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer were wearing the kente cloth oh, uh, things, you know, and taking a knee in the house and all yeah. that. That They put out the song right when that happened. So that's great. So they they're. Um, it's a it's a sketch comedy show just about about black culture in general and they and they have fun with it. Um, and it's just on IFC. Yeah. All right, I'll try to check that out. Yeah. Or if you have if anyone has Hulu, they have the whole first season on Hulu. I also have Hulu. All right. So there you go. Well, uh, thank you everyone for uh, being patient with us. We haven't done a show in a month, but uh, no way. Has it really been a month? It's been a month. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. I, it doesn't. Um, but, uh, we're back and thank you everyone who's still subscribed to us and following us and, uh, waiting with bated breath for the next episode. Uh, this is episode Jeez. 130. I guess this is growing up, man. I just, I'm blown away. Yeah. Like yeah. it time, it time is flying, man. It, it It's kind of weird. Uh, but I don't like that. 
Yeah, <laughs> I I don't either. <laughs> but, well, happy October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, if you want to tell people where you can find us, we are on um many different platforms. You can follow us our, our fa- follow our Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this, spell Y-O-U. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at by the time you hear this, spell with the letter U because we're urban. Yes. Yes, we are. And that's the same spelling for our email address. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. If you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. And one day I will check that email address again. Uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to us on the go, uh, many different options. You put your ear pods in. Uh, if you still have to go into the office to avoid that annoying coworker um, who is a Falcons fan and still thinks they can make the playoffs. Ooh, God, I hope not. <laughs> but you can listen to us if you have an iPhone. We're on the Apple Podcast app. If you have an Android, we're on the Google Music app. Or the Google Podcast app, with whichever one it exists at this moment. Uh, we're also Man. on TuneIn Radio, uh, Auto Radio, Overcast, Castbox, Satchel Podcast Player, Play.fm, Castro Podcast, Pocket Cast, uh, any podcast uh, aggregate app. Um, ben, I, I need you to to uh, copyright or trademark that uh, term if you haven't yet. <laughs> And, uh, of course, we're on Spotify. And if you want to find us uh, by way of a search engine looking for different topics, you can go to listennotes.com. Our last episode, we talked about the film Hustle and Flow. Um, So if you type in Hustle and Flow in Listen Notes, you should find our podcast episode. Wow, that was our last episode. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, let's uh, get into some music news here. Um, I texted this to Ben yesterday about the passing of one of the goats. Yeah, man, this one, um, this one hit like when Prince, when Prince and Michael Jackson, um, and it's probably just because of um, my relationship to this artist from when I was, you know, a kid when I was younger, you know. Yeah, I bought um, Van Halen one, and I bought 1984 um, when I was in high school. You know, I was getting into guitar, and I bought them in high school. And um, big, big. I'm not. I'm not a shredder. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I am, but just big influence on me, just musically. You know, great music, and yeah, man, he, he's one of the goats. It's you know, yeah. <laughs> so that one, that one sucked. You know, it's so. Eddie Van Halen, the, of course, the founder and guitarist of the band Van Halen, uh, passed yeah. away uh, after a long battle with cancer. Uh, he was 65 years old. Um, he uh, passed away on Tuesday. Uh, his wife, Janie, was there with him, his son, Wolfgang. Um, and also his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli, and of his, of course, his brother, Alex Van Halen. Um, he had lung cancer, but it spread to his brain and other organs. He'd been battling cancer for over a decade. Yeah. He'd been in and out of the hospital, and he just underwent chemo, and um, 
he was flying between you the u.s and germany for radiation treatment yeah i can only imagine that's a very that had to be very difficult you know uh he was a was a heavy smoker but he believes he he did have throat cancer and he he believes it came from a medical tar pick that he would hold in his mouth yeah so it could have been a, a variety of reasons. I um, mean, it may not have been caused by any of those things. Sometimes it just happens. But, um, yeah, this is this is one of the um, just one of those. It's one of those passings to where, man, like even if people didn't weren't big fans of Van Halen or they don't listen to rock music at all, that's still a name you know. Yeah, um, it really is. It's just a name that you would know. And, you know, he's, you know, if you, if you like the song, beat it, you know, of yeah. Eddie Van Halen, you everyone know. has heard him. Yeah, if everyone's you, heard him, if, whether you know, you know it or not. Yeah. You have heard him in some way. If you, if you're not a, a, a big fan of, or if you don't know, just don't know much about him, you've heard him play at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this was, it, when reading it, like it, it was like, wow, I just didn't, it, it's something like, I, I mean, I didn't know I, I had ready was, he was sick, but that was a long time ago. So, you know, I didn't yeah. think that, you know, all that came back and, you know, I, you would think that, oh, maybe he's just at home. They're, they're not on tour because of COVID and all that. So you would think those kind of things, but it's, um, it's definitely, it, it's, well, it's not. It's not a tragedy. It, it's you know we should celebrate his his life and and music. Um, it's just sad to to see him go. Um, yeah. But he will. He should be remembered as 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 one of the goats <laughs> playing that yeah, guitar. Yeah, he man. is. Like, like he, if you're he building, was, he was a guy that Mount changed Rushmore. the game. I think you he what? was. I think he was one of those one of those guitarists that kind of changed the game when he came on the scene. Because oh yeah, yeah. Hearing he, him play, um, I don't know if he was the first guy to play the way he did, but like we talk about with record companies looking for similar acts, <clears throat> they were. I think record companies started looking, or bands started looking for guys that played like him. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much known that in the eighties they were looking for guitar players that had his style. Him and Randy Rhodes were right up there with kind of popularizing it. I don't, I mean, you you have some people saying it was Randy Rhodes first. Some people say it was Eddie Van Halen first. You know, there's stories of Eddie saying he used to play with his back to the crowd so that they couldn't <laughs> tell what he was doing um, until they got the record out. Like that's how cutting edge what he was doing back in the late seventies was. Um, with you know when eruption came out yeah you know it kind of it turned things on its head you know it was kind of like even if people were doing this in, in like la clubs it had never been put on record before right. and it just blew the doors off and you had people out there everybody's i want a two-hand tap i want a two-hand tap <laughs> i want to do tremolo picking you know like him and it was just one of those things where it's just like if there's a mount rushmore you know and you know, I think some people do him a disservice by comparing him to guitar players nowadays. Well, yeah, of course, you know, the paradigm has moved. I mean, like, you know, that's that's how things go. People get better <laughs> as time goes on. But if you were to go back to, I think um, it came out, I read it, 1978, that's when Eruption came out. 
there weren't many people. You couldn't just walk into any guitar store and hear somebody playing like that. So that you got to really have context to understand what he was doing. And he was, everyone started imitating him. So it was, it's, yeah, if, if, there, if there's a Mount Rushmore, he's up there. Along with people like, you know, Jimi Hendrix, along with someone like an Eric Clapton or B.B. King, you know, depending on how you fall along the blues spectrum. You know, he's, he's up there. And this is a this is a big loss. I just, what makes me sad is I don't know how much people who are younger than us realize it, you know? Like if you're in your late teens, early to mid 20s, and you're not a metalhead or like a musician, you know, do you understand, you know? Um, I did see someone I used to work with was young. She's in her early 20s, but she's a musician. So, you know, on her on her um, story, you know, she paid tribute to Eddie Van Halen. But like, I don't see other people <laughs> around her age really talking about it because it's just, you know, it's one of those things where I think you said this on the on the podcast a while back. Um, you're afraid that this generation doesn't really look to its past. Right. You know, they just they're in the now and to a degree, I think that's just every generation, but I'm really starting to feel it. Like, I don't think this generation isn't going to go back and find, I guess what this parent, their parents CDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, what's this boys to men? Like they're not, I don't know if they're going to find that, you know, like we went and found our parents records. So because now everything's, you know, streaming and you have to be directed to, you know, maybe, you know, who knows, maybe he'll, Gain some popularity. What's the rule for the? <laughs> oh, for the, the number artist one hundred. Yeah, oh, I oh, I think one. Van Halen's going to be number one next week. Yeah. So, yeah. Now I wonder. Now the other thing is, and this is kind of you know, don't want to say this because the body's not even cold yet. You know how they replaced Jim Morrison in the Doors. You know they were touring. <laughs> so, you know, do they go and try to find a guitar player to replace? Eddie and keep touring because they got David Lee Roth, which was, you know, considered the, 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 the lineup, you know, some people, you know, Van Hagar, I like both, but, um, even into the Gary Sharon years, I'm, I'm okay with that too. But I wonder if they try to, <laughs> how many people go there, but I'm curious if they try to replace them, you know, and, and, and keep touring. That'll be interesting to see once all this, you know, is over. Um, it's, I don't know. It's it's not going to be the same. It's not the same without him. I mean, it's I know he doesn't. He he's not singing. He's not the lead singer or anything. But but he was a he guitar was, hero. He was, he was, yeah, he's writing the songs. He was like a Jimmy Page or you know. Yeah. So it's like you don't just like replace him. I mean, maybe you can replace like well they've done like they have done is replace the lead singer, but. The band, the name of the band is after him. <laughs> and we think Eddie Van Halen, sorry to Alex Van Halen, but we don't think about yeah. Alex Van Halen. I think until I was 18, we I think thought Eddie. Alex was the bass player. <laughs> like I didn't, I was like, oh, so I was like, no, he's the drummer. I'm like, oh, I mean, I just discovered him. I was like, oh, my bad. I just know Eddie. I knew Eddie before, I, before anything, you know? So, and I do think, so you mentioned he, him as a writer. That is one place I do think that he does not get enough credit mm -hmm. is as a writer. And I think it's because, you know, up until like 1984, you know, it was a bunch of guitar driven tracks and there were good songs, but they weren't song songs. 
And there and were then, a lot of covers too. They did a lot of covers. Yeah. And so then he got that synthesizer and it was all over. <laughs> started, you know, and you know, that's partially, you know, why David left, because he didn't want to do that type of stuff. Everyone blames it on Sammy. Sammy just, you know, right place, right time. You know, he came in and Eddie's like, I got this synth and I want to write these types of songs. And Sammy's like, Hell yeah, I'll sing about love. <laughs> and <laughs> You know, it's a really interesting interview with David Lee Roth where he's, you know, he talks about the difference between him and Sammy. He's like, I'm singing, ain't talking about love. Sammy's singing, you know, um, he's singing all all of his songs are about love. And, and you know, they got even bigger, you know. And I yeah. always thought that was very interesting to see there, you know. And I don't think people give Eddie credit for, you know, like, who do you, you think Sammy wrote the intro to right now? No. He did. I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. So yeah. So I think I think also we got to make sure we give Miss Do as a songwriter. And so uh, rest in peace to Eddie Van Halen. And um, look, if there is never another Van Halen show, uh, I, I won't be mad at that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be mad either. <laughs> let's look at the uh, charts here. Uh, the Hot 100. Debuting at number one this week is a song called Franchise by Travis Scott featuring Young Thug and M.I.A. I have not heard this song. But debuts Hold on, you said one. Young Thug and M.I.A.? M.I.A. Yeah, she's uh, she's Whoa. back, I guess you might say. Well, back in America. <laughs> oh, yeah, she probably never went away. Where Where is she from? Is she from Sri Lanka? Sri Lanka, yeah. She probably never went away there. No. <laughs> Um, number two, falling to number two, I guess you'd say, is Dynamite by BTS. Um, As I texted you, we should be worried again. They did five nights straight. On, I think it was on Kimmel. Yeah. It was Kimmel or Fallon? No, Fallon. It was, it was yeah. Fallon. It was Fallon. Fallon. Five nights straight. What oh, I thought it was just one time, but I did see an ad for it, so I probably should have put that together, that it was yeah. going to be the whole week. Um, and I've been hearing that, I've been hearing that song in some commercials too. I haven't heard it yet. Um, I think it was in, a, uh, not a Kroger commercial, but it was one of those ads you see before a YouTube video, oh, okay. but I've heard it in a couple of different spots. Uh, so that song is, is being pushed out there. Um, <laughs> number three. Uh, I'm going to pr- try to pronounce it correctly. WAP. <laughs> ben Shapiro's favorite song. <laughs> Is it really? Or <laughs> No. Okay. He hates it. I figured he like he, he railed against it. I, I I haven't seen a video oh, yeah. or anything, but I, I, I heard that he did. Um, yeah, he railed against it. Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's number three. Number four, Laugh Now, Cry Later. Drake featuring Lil Durk. Um. Number five, I, this is a song I have not heard before, Mood by 24K Golden, or it might be 24 Karat Golden, featuring Ian Dior. I have not heard this song. No clue. who they, I don't even know who they are. I, I don't either. <laughs> uh, I did see, uh, there's an article I just saw, like 24 Karat or 24K Golden is Post Malone meets Will Smith. I, I don't know if that's something we need right now, but I'll check it out. <laughs> um, number six, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Number seven, Rockstar by The Baby featuring Roddy Rich. Number eight, 
Savage Love by Josh685 and Jason Derulo. Number nine, Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. And number 10, I Hope by Gabby Barrett featuring Charlie Poof, which has been on the charts for 40 weeks. So yeah, I, was gonna I feel say, like that's a stand power. Is, is, is it getting popular on TikTok? I feel like that's why it's moving up after being on the Possibly. charts for so long. Um, Let's look at the Billboard 200. These are the top 10 albums. Debuting at number one. Wow. Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, so Eminem uh, made him become a rock star, and now he's put out a rock <laughs> album. <laughs> Tickets to My Downfall debuts at number one. Debuting at number That's two. Incredible. Super One, the first album by Super M. I have no idea who or what Super M is. Are you familiar I, with this act? I don't know if it's a if it's a K-pop group or an EDM. Isn't that artist. like a cleaner? Let me stop. No, um, <laughs> Super M is, oh, excuse me, a South Korean super group. So they're a K-pop, K-pop. but they're a super group um, featuring, let me see here, consists of seven members from the SM Entertainment Groups from, was it Shiny, Kai? I, I don't know these. I'm not going to sit here and mispronounce. But it looks to be about sev- several different bands came together, and I guess this is their um, their super group thing. So I guess where one they were weak, they were getting strong together. All right. Um, number three, Nectar by Joji. Uh, is this a K-pop artist? J-O-J-I. Uh, pop. That picture looks like it could be. Let's see here. I'm not uh, familiar with this artist either. He is Japanese. Let me just make sure. Yeah, Japanese, but he's a... um. So this is like a rapper, singer, and and YouTuber and comedian. He's a lot of things. This might be a this might be a funny track or a funny album. Okay. Um, number four, "Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon" by Pop Smoke. Uh, his one of Pop Smoke's songs, I think it was "Aim for the Moon," is in a commercial for. Was it for Reebok? No, no, it's for Amazon Music, actually. So Amazon Music is, you know, it's a streaming service. So I think his song was used in a um, in a spot for that. Debuting at number five, Ohms by Deftones. Huh. They're still around. Yeah. Uh, number six, Legends Never Die by Juice World. Number seven, Folklore by... Taylor Swift, which was number one last week, <laughs> and dropped. I believe down to seven. so. I believe she broke the record for the longest um, for a female artist at number one. Hmm. Debuting at this record, <laughs> debuting at number eight, "My Gift" by Carrie Underwood. At number nine, "Top" by Young Boy NBA, and debuting at number ten, under uh, some. Suspicious circumstances, I guess you might say. Daystar by Tory Lanez. <laughs> he says uh, this. <laughs> well, because like he put out a, I think like he put out a post like 
I'm going to address some things on this day. And people think he's going to make a video to make a statement about what happened with Megan Stallion and all that. But no, okay. he drops an album. Gotcha. <laughs> and while people are like, oh, this is amazing. And then others were like, why did he, why did he do this? So it's it's got some mixed results at best. All right, let's look at the Artist 200. These are the top 10 artists. Uh, oh, okay. Well, he put out an album. Uh, it's a surprise. Uh, the guy that Eminem made into a rock star, Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly, is number one. <laughs> um, this is the highest he's ever been ranked. He was pre His previous high rank was number 32. So there's that. Um... They have been number one before, but they were unranked last week. Super M is number two. All right. Number three is BTS. Number four, Joji. Number five, Juice World. Number six, Pop Smoke. Number seven, Luke Combs. Number eight, Carrie Underwood. Number nine, The Weeknd. And number 10, Taylor Swift. Uh, the Deftones, they did put out a new album. They are number 12 this week. And you know who we did not, well, we mentioned him, but he's not uh, in the top 10 on anything? Post Malone. Huh. One of the rare times. <laughs> one of the rare times Post Malone is not on the top 10 in any of these charts. But we'll know he, he'll be back soon, I'm sure. I wonder uh, what he's doing. What happened, Post? He hadn't put out anything new yet. That's the only thing. I, That's all he's I got guess to not. Yeah, he's um he's 13, so he's not too far out. Oh, and Machine Gun Kelly is one of the uh if people wondered if Bad Boy is still around, he's on Bad Boy. So, hopefully this album counts as part of his five album deal that he probably signed. I wonder if Diddy was okay with that, you know? Like if he was like, yeah, sure, why not? I I I don't know, like <laughs> is sounding to be a rapper, but I guess he's okay. Like he looks so different now. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to do like, another episode of Catfish. He he was on Catfish once. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's those are the charts. Uh, were there any other... I feel like there was some other story that we... Oh, well, I wanted to know what you thought about this. I don't know how much you've been on Instagram lately. <clears throat> but um, this is the time where we see artists post their four-year consideration um videos for the Grammys. Oh, really? I didn't know those. That. Yeah, I've been seeing that and they and they're sponsored posts too. So Okay. Uh you're gonna be see that. I saw uh Toby Wigway's video. Um you want like basically what what you're what you'll be seeing on Instagram for anyone who sees these sponsored posts are for artists who they're on the ballot for these awards. So Basically, um, I don't know what they can do as far as the public, but for those voters, I guess, who are out there, hey, check out my album and vote for me <laughs> so I can win. Okay. Um, so I saw one from Toby Wigway. I saw one from PJ Morton, um, Aluna. Um, What's PJ Morton? Is she not as well? Is PJ Morton a he or she? He. That is a he. Okay. I haven't yeah. listened to PJ Morton in a long time. The first time I couldn't tell <laughs> from the voice and the picture was, didn't tell me nothing either. So, yeah. 
Um, so you'll be, uh, I, well, you haven't seen any of those, but I've, I've been seeing quite a bit of those on Instagram lately. Um, I don't know what I'm, what I can do. I mean, it says for your consideration, I'm not a Grammy voter. So. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know what you do there. Do you, um, <laughs> It's messed up. Do you just like find out who they are and hound them? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good good luck to you on that. Um, There was another thing I wanted to talk about. Did you know Paris Hilton was DJing? She's a DJ now. How? How? That's like, are we talking about like a turn on your iPod or like she's doing like sets? It looks like she's doing sets. That's kind of cool. That's, that's, if she is, that's actually impressive. I, that I didn't expect that from her. And that's actually, I mean, like, I know, like, you know, DJs get a lot of, you know, crap, but, um, I mean, it's not an easy thing to do in terms of like, you know, live mixing and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. 20 questions. She's a DJ. Huh? Look at with her headphones on and everything. She has some black gloves. <laughs> that is really weird. Yeah, no, they're like, yeah, I guess if she's in the club um, all her life. <laughs> what is her name, though? Like, is it DJ Paris? Um, I don't know. That's very interesting. I'm going to, like, chase this down. I I had no clue that she was a DJ. I don't know what Nicole Richie's doing with her life. Like, is <laughs> uh, I don't know why I just felt like this is what he would say. Like, dude, Nicole Richie's been dead for like two years. And I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't know. I, she might just be Paris Hilton. Okay. Oh, uh, there is a documentary. I think it was on YouTube called This is Paris. And um, what she wanted her DJ name to be. Let's see what. Let me find out what the answer to that question is. Of course, she's doing EDM because when she was an artist, I guess she'd say that's what she was doing. Yeah, okay. Um, we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll call. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she DJs under Paris Hilton. But she wanted, okay. she said, when I first decided to become a DJ, I came up with the name Starlight, and that was the plan. When I told my agents that, they said, no, you need to go by Paris Hilton. Since you're an established brand. Okay. So Starlight would have been cool. She had a song called No That Stars Are Blind. Never mind. Okay. No, that's that's actually pretty impressive that she learned how to DJ. Yeah, she learned from DJ AM and Steve Aoki. Okay. I don't know who DJ AM is. I know Steve Aoki is um is a is a renowned DJ, so that'd be a good person to learn from. Well, DJ AM was a um, uh, DJ with, uh, he did like a lot of remixes of stuff. Like uh, he he's one of those like touring DJs where everyone knew him. Uh, I think he passed away. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, him and Travis Barker, uh, I think they were kind of in the same circle. So, um. But yeah, DJ AM was uh, would would have also made a good teacher if you're you know something you're learning there. Um, gotcha. So yeah, you guys can check out that that article's on Billboard about Paris Hilton being a DJ. Um, 
So I don't know. Well, I mean, I, how do you know if someone's good? Base. I mean, some people think Shaq is good, but I don't like dubstep. So <laughs> hold on, Shaq is a DJ too. Yeah, like Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is a DJ. Oh, you haven't seen any of those clips of him like going at like mm-hmm. at like the festivals over the last few years where he do a set. He he goes and he's under DJ Diesel. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> And I saw a video oh, that man. I think Sports Center posted it on Instagram where during another DJ's doing a set and he's in the front row. And of course, I mean, he's seven feet tall. So <laughs> but, I have to look that up. I didn't know he was DJing. Oh, yeah. He's been DJing for a while, but he, he mostly plays dubstep. Okay. I wonder why. Yeah. Because there, there was a clip that came out. Um, it was like, all right, everybody, repeat after me. Barkley sucks. Barkley sucks. <laughs> he was simply the champ. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so yeah. Um one more thing we talk about here. Uh trying to find out what's going on here with um uh hmm. Trying to find out what's going on with this. Someone posted something about Haley Williams and is I've she a solo artist now? Is she what? Is she a solo artist now? Um, I don't know if she's necessarily just a solo artist, but she has released some solo work. A lot of her fans, she's losing a lot of her fans because oh. some like it, some don't. Oh, this is what happened. So she's up for uh, the the MTV Europe Music Awards, and someone posted um, a fan on Twitter shared an alleged screenshot of uh, Warner Music posted a face something on Facebook with the MTV Europe Music Awards logo and said for best alternative Harley Williams. But it's not on her Facebook page. It's not on. It wasn't on Warren Music's Facebook page. Oh, I'm seeing it. Yikes! She said, "Warren Music, my dude, you're on thin ice." <laughs> <laughs> um, y'all better, y'all better put some respect on her name. <laughs> yeah. So it it kind of goes back to our, if I remember correctly. She was signed to a different deal than Paramore. So yeah. you said yes. that. I heard that from you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw a video that kind of outlined it. Um, shout out to the Punk Rock NBA and the Punk Rock NBA podcast. I, I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but I would be honored if he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does great work. But um, that's one of the things he talked about because apparently people thought she was an industry plant. And I'm just like, come on, guys. Did you like the music or not? like who cares did you like the music or not if you like the music then who cares you know so that's funny (laughs) um okay now i'm i'm seeing this article on billboard about the the haley the harley williams goof (laughs) but uh (laughs) someone uh, got fired over that (laughs) there are ads on billboard with uh more for your consideration post um uh ajr their album uh 
bang. They want to be considered for pop duo group performance record of the year and song of the year. I haven't heard the song, but you know, you, I mean, I guess you can ask to be considered for anything you want mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, like PJ Morton was considered for best uh, R and B album and best gospel album and best R and B song and best uh, music video and best gospel song. And Toby Wigway, Album of the Year, Best New Artist, Best Rap Performance, Best R&B Performance, um, Album of the Year, uh, Best Music Video. So I guess they can be considered for these categories. I think the votes are going out to be considered for these categories. So and then And then once it's narrowed down, then they vote for the winner. So it's something like that. But I'm I'm see I'm go- you're going to be seeing it a lot now. I feel like since I mentioned it, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I will now. I've I've never noticed it before, but I'm looking at it and seeing that a lot of people do this. Yeah, even Camila Cabello. Wow, like I don't, I don't know. Now just now I'm disappointed because I thought that it was it wasn't like the Oscars, and now I'm kind of sad <laughs> that it's like the Oscars. <laughs> Yeah, I thought music was better than that. Uh, well, that'll do it for our music news. Um, Sad now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, tell us about your earworm, earworm of the week. <clears throat> uh, so this is a band apparently with a pretentious lead singer <laughs> <laughs> who thinks that his music will change the world. Um, but hey, you know, I'm enjoying the song. Um, so the band, the 1975. Um, just happened to check them out again because I do like the band, you know, all joking aside. And um, this song they put out sounds like it's straight out of the 80s. There's a saxophone solo. Um, it's a cool little track. They're 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 a good band, you know. They do a little different over there in the UK. So, um, but yeah, um, it's called "If You're Shy." If you're too shy, let me know. It's the name of the song. All right, this is If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know by the 1975, and we'll be right back.
is If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know by the 1975. I had to look like, okay, that's the 1975 or the 1985, but that's what that song sounds like. Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> they sound like they're out of the 80s, but yeah, 1975, yeah, it's just so, yeah. And um, that is on their album, Notes on a Conditional Form, which uh, came out in May. So check it out on their album. And that song is on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. All right. Well, we started the show with uh, the song Marina Del Rey, parenthesis, Let's Spend the Day, from the uh, television show Sherman Showcase. The artist that they, um, the artist name they use is Skip and Bates. but it's the two like co-creators of the show as Skip and Bates and they play a lot of other characters but um, and they also have the Lucas Brothers you know the twin comedians okay uh, that were in uh, 22 Jump Street Mm -hmm. Uh, they're 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 like the backing band in the the sketch so yeah Uh, so we're going to do a because five of our uh, of yacht rock songs, uh, we one of our earliest episodes was about yacht rock and and what it meant and how it sounds and how cool it is and all that. So <laughs> um, <laughs> we're doing it because five of our yacht rock songs. So um, we're going to kick it off with uh, the first album mentioned, and I think we have the same one. So ben, oh, really? Yeah, we have the same first honorable mention. All right. So, um, yeah, this is a great song. I still remember the first time I heard it. Um, I thought I'd heard it in a Burger King commercial, but I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I heard it one weekend when I went to go visit um, a friend out in Texas. I just randomly heard it and um, was like, this is an amazing song and started looking into it and... Um, yeah, and it is a shuffle. <laughs> so this is uh, Lido Shuffle by Boz Skaggs, with featuring one of the greatest ambassadors of the shuffle, it's Jeff Picaro on drums. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is just a fun song, man. Like it's just got a great hook you can sing along to. <laughs> um. Is a song about a guy just on the run? I don't know who he's on the run from, but is he just on the run? I don't know. Um, I he's trying to get. He's trying to get somewhere, but he has no money, so he's just been stealing. <laughs> I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's gonna kind of change how I feel about this song. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at these lyrics. I've never actually really looked at the lyrics before. So he was like going somewhere and then he went to, um, uh, yeah, so he, he stole a, I, I guess he stole a bottle of alcohol and then he went to Chicago and gambled. So he's gambling and, uh, yeah, it's something like that about a gambler. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing, but that's what I've got from it, that it's about a gambler on the run. Because he owes I hope money he's, or something. Okay. <laughs> I hope he's not dead. <laughs> um, 
uh, David Page. Is it Page? Uh, I think it's David Page. Page, uh, Jeff Beccaro, and David Hungate uh, were on the song, and they it will end up forming Toto, of course. This is from 1977. Uh, it's from his album Silk Degrees, uh, which I think also had uh, did it have Lowdown on there too on this album. I do yes. believe so. I always kind of felt like he he never was as big as I thought he should have been. Yeah. Boss Gags. Um, like for the type of music he gave us and how much of it he gave us, and I was just like, he's felt like he should have been bigger, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a. Oh wait. Yeah. So I wonder. I thought this was um. David Paik, I guess you'd say, he played the uh, the synthesizer or whatever keyboard or whatever mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. And uh, is, it, is it yet? Yeah. Yeah. This is part that I remember the song. Oh yeah, this, like, a, this breakdown is great. And it's like very. It, they kept it tight. Uh, that that's part of what I, I liked about it is that I don't know how many takes it might have taken, but it was just they just they just kept it tight and, and like it doesn't seem like it's much, but I'm I know a lot of work went into make that work. Yeah, they're they're really good musicians, so probably didn't take a lot of takes. <laughs> oh yeah, and guys, you, when you'll be hearing this, you might hear some of the same people playing on the song, but um, I mean the the. These were, I, I, these are very, these are well played songs to say the yeah. least, you know, because I, I think like all the musicians are, the, are among the best at their craft, especially at the time. These are all people that Quincy Jones would have worked with. Yes, if he, <laughs> if he could have gotten. I start them. saying that. Yeah, <laughs> they would have uh, passed the Quincy Jones test. All right, they then. Send um, for another drummer. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about your second honorable mention. All right, so the second one is, um, this is Georgie Porgy by Toto. And I must confess, the first time I heard this was the Eric Benet and Faith Evans version. I concur, or I had the same experience. Yeah, and it's a good song. Um, So Steve Lukather actually sings this one, the guitar player. Um. It's not the normal singer. I forget what his name is. Um, I can't think of their, their, their singer's name. But yeah, Jeff Beccaro, not Jeff Beccaro. Steve Lukather sings this one. It's uh, a Toto song. Bobby Kimball? Yes, that's his name. That's the that's the actual singer's name. Yeah. But yeah, he just, he wasn't on this one. So, um, but it's smooth. I mean, this is, it's damn near R&B. <laughs> like, it's so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is probably why you had someone like Eric Benet cover it. Eric Benet sang the hell out of that song, but um, yeah, it's just a really, really good song. Now, who is it? I don't know who the the woman is that sings backup on this one. Uh, Cheryl, Cheryl Lynn. Lynn. Duh, I knew that. I did oh. know that because I've heard that name. Cheryl yeah. Lynn. Okay. Um, who is Cheryl Lynn? I don't know her. Uh, she got her start on um. Was she on the Gong Show? She had a song called "Got to Be Real." Oh, during the disco era. Oh, okay. I, I feel yeah, like she I was discovered her. on the Gong Show, though. Yeah, she was. Okay. 
I remember her. That is her on this. Okay, that's interesting. Um. So yeah, uh, what what else can you tell us about this song that you enjoy or? Like well, that. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's Toto, so it's kind of got a bit of a shuffle to it. Um, I love, I mean, it's just, it's not a very complex song. It's very simple. There's some nice production on the back end with some of the, I don't know if it's synth or if they actually did have some people, you know, do some of the woodwind sounding instruments in the background. But um, in terms of just what it is, there's just not a lot. Like, I do love this part right here. Um... I love it more in the Eric Benet version, but it works here just because I love harmonized guitar. <laughs> just anytime <laughs> you can use it. Um, but yeah, like in terms of what it is, like it doesn't really do much. It's a very simple hook. Um, Steve Lukather is a better singer than, you know, than he probably was given credit for. <laughs> like it's not a amazing performance, but it, he still sounds good. Like he could have probably been the lead singer of Toto if they needed him to. And I'm talking over his best part of the song <laughs> as he goes and hits that high note. Um, yeah. So I, I love this part, this this version. I would definitely um, encourage you if you have not heard Eric Benet's version from, it was like 97, 98. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, both are very, very good. All right. So yeah. that was Ben's second honorable mention. My second honorable mention uh, comes from uh, a guy who probably people might not know had a couple of very well critically acclaimed solo albums. Uh, that is Donald Fagan. Uh, I would just assume Steely he Dan. did just because of who he is. <laughs> um, and uh, this is uh, the song IGY from his album, The Nightfly. Uh, I get what I was looking for making my list is songs that would fit if it were played at a boat party. Nice, nice. In the 70s. Okay, okay. Uh, and, you know, of course, I, I told you about the, the Yacht Rock web series. It has to be smooth, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's got to be very smooth. <laughs> and uh, they don't get too much smoother than this one. Um, what drew me to it is, is you know, the, 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 the music part of it, the melody of it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the lyrics, because it's Donald Fagan, <laughs> they're going to be always quirky, man. They're going to be a little weird. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, IGY stands for International Geophysical Year, and this was oh. uh, an event at an intern. It was called an International Science Project. <laughs> oh in which uh, it was a collaboration between scientists around the world. And this was over the course of like a year and a half. So he talks about solar powered cities, uh, a, a train from New York to Paris that takes 90 minutes. <laughs> he talks about space stations and spandex jackets and, um, and basically how the world was going to be a better place because of these inventions. <laughs> so... If you get into the lyrics, it's like, what is he talking about? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he's just he's a he's a he's an odd guy. <laughs> uh, but this was a top 40 hit. 
<laughs> with the number 26 <laughs> on the chart. And it was also nominated for Song of the Year. So I don't know what the Academy was thinking at the time because this song is weird. <laughs> it sounds good. But if you listen to the oh, lyrics, yeah. like, this is weird. <laughs> um, it has been covered by Howard Jones and that Take Six. Like Howard Jones. Okay, I can hear him doing that. Does Take Six make sense covering this song? <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this was one of the big hits from, for, and this is from Donald Fagan's, uh, this was his first solo album. Um, and of course, who plays drums on this song? Well, he played additional drums, but Jeff Beccaro plays on this song. <laughs> yeah. That's... Um... We we, could, we we honestly could start um, like not like marking people off that play <laughs> on the same tracks. Um, and uh, playing the electric piano is it Greg Philangains or Philanginus? I'm not sure. He's he's one of Quincy Jones guys. I know that. Okay. I so just don't know good. how to pronounce okay. it. <laughs> yeah, that means he's good. Yes. <laughs> he's playing with Quincy and he's playing with um just with Donald Fagan, then yeah, we both we know because they were notoriously um Celia Dan was notorious about making sure you, you had to be good to play with them. Yeah, because um, I think on one of their songs, um Is it on your list? Oh, it, it did not make your list. Um, I, and I re, and like I said, if this was a do-over, it probably would. But I'm trying to but stick on, with uh, on yeah. Peg. They went through like seven different guys to get the guitar solo. Oh yeah, I think everyone they the just had people come in and play. And that guitar solo is just like their lyrics is a quirky guitar solo. Like it's so weird. Um, but I mean, like that's not an easy progression to really kind of solo over. And they don't like conventional. <laughs> they don't. And I mean, I forget who played bass on that, but they didn't even want him to. They didn't want him to do slap. Oh yeah, but he he, did he, it anyway. he stuck it in there. Yeah, yeah. He snuck it in there, like because he was like, yeah, slap was really big at the time, and they didn't <laughs> want it in there. And thank God he put it in there because it really works in that chorus. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. All right. So now we're in the top five. So Ben, tell us about number five. All right. So this one um, is from. Steely Dan, the band that we've been just talking about, um, with Donald Fagan was one of the driving forces of that band. This is Do It Again by Steely Dan. So I was kind of in that same space that you were, Greg. Um, and I remember um, a trip I took down to Florida a few years back. And we had this beach house. It was across the street from the beach, but we had this back deck and we went out on it and ate breakfast one morning. And a friend I was with didn't know who Steely Dan was. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, let me introduce you. Um, and I put on Steely Dan and I put this I put this song on. And I was just like, it has this long intro. And it's just like, I was like, I felt like we're just like, um, we were like these rich people who about to like, you know, talk about selling drugs or doing drugs or something like it just felt <laughs> it felt like what that music was made for. And that intro is just amazing. The, the whole song's amazing. It's so like chill and it's got a guitar solo and it's got like this weird synth in the middle of it. And just everything about this song is just so cool. And apparently so 
keeping in theme with the quirky lyrics, um, this song is about three things that motivate men, violence, women, and money. Each verse deals with a different topic from a different point of view, with the point of view being that they all corrupt and destroy. So when I, when I, when I did finally read that, I approached this song very differently. <laughs> it's really crazy. In the morning, you go gunning for the man who stole your water. All right. Someone stole my water. I got to go kill him. <laughs> it's go time. Yeah. <laughs> you kill him. They catch you and they hang you. <laughs> That's the first verse. Uh, some interesting artists have covered this song, uh, including Waylon Jennings, Falco, and Paul Hardcastle. Falco is in like the... Um, what do they do? Rock, Rock Amadeus? Amadeus? Yes. That's, that's weird. <laughs> Paul Hardcastle does, um, I guess you'd say, house music mm-hmm. or techno or whatever. And then Waylon Jennings, country. So. <laughs> I, wouldn't mind, I would like to hear that one. I, I do like Waylon Jennings. Um, so, yeah, on the charts here, it went to number six. Uh, in 1972 and it's on the album Can't Buy a Thrill and this well this was their first album yeah this one had the other song that almost made it the very Um, first single yeah this the other song that almost made it which was um, Reeling in the Years but that's yeah I mean I don't I don't know like it's I've I've gone back and forth off of these two songs (laughs) But this one, in trying to keep with you know the theme of yacht rock and and how yacht rock is, because yacht rock is a feeling too, I believe. Yeah. This gives me that feeling. It's just so smooth and so musical. Yeah. All Danny right. Diaz played the solo apparently. That sitar solo that we just heard it was rocking out. Yes. An electric sitar, which I've never seen, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, that is Ben's number five. My number five uh, is a song from uh, 1975. And it was a song I heard in a movie called The Virgin Suicides. I've never seen that, but I heard it's very good. And uh, it's a song called I'm Not in Love by 10CC. Um. Oh, kind of just jumped out at me there. Um, <laughs> this was one of the more. Um, uh, it was a uniquely recorded song because of the how the like the background vocals that you hear that you just hear them throughout the entire song, and um, it was made by the band multi-tracking their vocals. So now it just sounds like um, eerie and but it's it's like a like a choir, I guess. But it sounds like a lot of voice, but it was like mostly voices. Well, it's all voices, but they made it. um, uh, Let's see. How did they because there's a story of how they recorded it. Uh, I never knew what this what song this was. Uh, they sang ah sixteen times for each note in a chromatic of the chromatic scale. So basically, they have it's forty eight voices that they built 
Jeez. You had to get so creative back then. And then to <laughs> so it could loop infinitely. Uh they 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 taped it, they created loops uh on tape about twelve feet in length that says by feeding the loop at one end through the tape heads of the stereo and at the other end through a capstan roller fixed to the top of a microphone stand <laughs> and then creating the loops. Jesus, and man. The blip caused by the splice in each loop could be drowned out by the rest of the track. <laughs> could, <laughs> so I'm they you, really man, got you had to creative, creative to, really to create to. this sound. This is why they don't respect modern day producers. <laughs> <laughs> and then and they played also- each loop through a different channel of the mixing board. So basically, your mixing board is now an instrument. And I mean, and I shouldn't say that because there are some there are some producers now that are creative, but this is a not whole like, level no, of not creativity. Like this. this is a level of creativity I'm, I've not been familiar with before. <laughs> and, you know, these are... Like, how do you even know that's going to work, you know? <laughs> uh, these were guys, and I think, um, I can't remember who it was. But I think they got their secretary or or their manager or somebody to come in because uh, there's a part where uh, you hear a woman saying, big boys don't cry, big boys don't cry. Uh, Be quiet, big boys don't cry. And who was that? Um, yeah, the secretary at the in the building. Um said she walked in and said I'm sorry to bother you there's a telephone call for you they're like that's it that's the voice (laughs) so so it's the secretary her name is Kathy Kathy Redfern so she did that she was the um, she did that part and um, yeah I heard this song in in the movie uh, The Virgin Suicides and and the song is about like how um, the well, the uh, Eric Stewart who co-wrote the song, his wife said, asked him why he didn't say "I love you" enough, and so I told her, "Well, if I say every day I love you, darling, I love you, blah blah blah, it's not going to mean anything eventually." And the statement led me to figure out another way of saying it, and the result is that I chose to say, "I'm not in love with you," while suddenly giving all the reasons why. I can't let go of you. Uh, so because there's a verse about like, um, I I have a picture of you and it's in this, there's a stain on it, uh, but I'm not going to give it back to you. <laughs> or, you know, I want you to come over and hang out with me, but I don't want you to get too excited about it because, you know, I don't love you like that. <laughs> so, um, so I'm yeah, this the, the have, I've just I, I've always loved this song. I just never knew who it was. And this was <laughs> this was a hit around the world. Of course, it went to number two on the Hot 100. There is uh, a very weird, cheesy cover by Will to Power. Anybody who remembers Will to Power did the uh, Freebird "Baby I Love Your Way" medley in the eighties. Oh, God, they did a yeah. cover of "I'm Not in Love," and. They added more percussion to it, and it it sounds it sounds so like 
it's it's cheese. It's 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 yeah. So I mean, you can listen to it for a good laugh, <laughs> but um, I don't think anything would beat the uh, the original version. So that's my number uh, five. So Ben, that's a good song. Jeez. Um, <laughs> well, <clears throat> this one's no slouch either. <clears throat> Um, this is uh, it's minute by minute um, by the Doobie Brothers. At this point, though, people probably were just like, ah, oh, they just sound like Michael McDonald. But um, <laughs> it's Michael and them. <laughs> yeah, Michael and them. But I mean, this was an instance where you had a, a band change lead singers. And um, if I remember correctly, this was the first album with a new lead singer. Let me make sure of that. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Minute by Minute was the first one with, um, yep. So, yeah, um, Minute by Minute, um, amazing song. It's very smooth. Once again, kind of keeping with that aesthetic of, um, of, you know, of smoothness and being on a boat and sitting out on your deck, eating breakfast or doing cocaine. I mean, I don't do cocaine, (laughs) but... You know, you could do cocaine to this music. Drinking champagne early in the morning. Drinking champagne. We drank champagne that morning. Yes, we did. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that intro, and then I just love what it does. Like after that, how just it just kind of keeps like, and it's like a just like a just a jazzy tune, you know. Um, and that jazz influence, I think, comes from the fact that you know Michael McDonald likes this type of music, but also. You know, Michael McDonald played keyboard and um, keyboard and same back vocals, backing vocals in Steely Dan as well. So, I mean, he kind of comes from that background um, and was not a slouch as a musician either. He was a, just a real triple threat. Dare I say maybe a white Stevie Wonder? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a little, <laughs> it's a bit of a weird comment to make, but I mean, like he was a good singer, a good keyboard player. No, he was not a multi-instrumentalist like Stevie Wonder was, but... He was a good songwriter and a good musician in his own right. Because as we have stated, and what we'll continue, I'll continue to state, you don't, they don't just let anybody on a Steely Dan record or at a Steely Dan show. So you can rest assured that Mike, Michael McDonald could hold his own. And um, I think this is a song that I, I'd, I'd be curious to know, you know, what what um, Walter Becker and Donald Fagan thought of this song. <laughs> Or I thought just the work that he did with them in general, with um, Steely Dan, not Steely Dan, with um, the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, this song was nominated for Song of the Year. Yeah. But they lost to <laughs> themselves <Yeah. laughs> for What a Fool Believes. Well, Michael McDonald lost to himself uh, for yeah. What a Fool Believes. I mean, um, Logan beat him. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he wrote Minute by Minute with Lester Abrams, uh, but he wrote What a Fool Believes with Kenny Loggins. Uh, also in this, uh, also what was in the uh, in the category, After the Love is Gone by Earth, Wind, mm-hmm. and Fire, Chuck E's in Love uh, by Ricky Lee Jones, Honesty by Billy Joel, I Will Survive, uh, Reunited by Peaches and Herb, and She Believes in Me. By Kenny Rogers. And I misspoke, so my mistake there. Taking it to the streets was the first one with Michael McDonald on lead vocals. 
Um, Minute by Minute was the first one that did not feature Tom Johnston. Tom Johnston left on that album. Mm. Yeah. All right, so that was your number four. My number four is, uh, I guess one maybe the o one of the OGs of Yacht Rock. I don't know, <laughs> but the 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 title of the song implies you should hear it on a yacht. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is "Summer Breeze" by Seals and Croft. And the the lyrics to me perfectly describe summer. Um, that you should be on a boat or at a beach house or something. Um, so yeah, I mean, just it, it, it the imagery immediately should come to mind when you hear this song. Oh yeah, um, it has a it has a I guess you could say it's endured. It's it's uh, it's been covered many times, probably most famously by the Isley Brothers. That was the first version I heard. Uh, I didn't know. I I heard I heard this. I heard the Seals and Croft version first, but I do like the Isley Brothers version. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's there's also a goth metal version by a band <laughs> called Type O Negative. Oh, Type O Negative covered this. Yeah. What? I bet that's heavy as shit. <laughs> I need to check that out. Um, so yeah, it's it went to this is another one of those worldwide smash hits. Uh, went to number six on the Hot 100. Uh, this was 1972, but this is one of those songs that should and, and one of the songs I was thinking of when um, when this uh, Ben came up with the idea for doing this uh, particular because five. And it's one of the first songs I thought of. Uh, and it was perfect for, for, you know, to the summer to close out. I know we're in October now, but in Georgia, fall kind of starts like around Halloween. So yeah, it's still, it's still a warm outside. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's my number four. All right, I love ben, that song. Tell us about your number three. All right. So truth be told, these next couple of these next few songs here are um, some of them are smooth, but some of them I just think are just amazing songs. So this one, of course, is the song that beat out <laughs> minute by minute. And it is what a fool believes. And um, it is also um, song. It's a song of the year winner. So just by definitions, in my opinion, um, it is, you know, one of the greatest songs of all time, you know, <laughs> just from that standpoint, you know. Um, but I just, it's one of those songs where it's like, you know, I still remember listening to this song in high school and just thinking that it was amazing. Um, and trying to figure out like, how is he making that synth sound? Um, it's just so cool the way he does that and the way he sings over it. And just like, it's, it's almost kind of, um, almost a little unconventional how he sings over the rhythm that he's playing. It's just it's just a very interesting, very well written song. I can't think of a year where this maybe doesn't win <laughs> song of the year because I think it's just that good and it's done that well. Written by Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins did a version of it on his album. Yeah. Um, and it's not bad, 
it's good. So I know the first time I told Greg about when I heard it, Greg and I's opinions different on it. We, we, our opinions different on it. I fell in love with it because at the time I was all musician and n- not a writer. I was writing, but I was more like, I'm a musician. And I love the fact that the band is just better. You know, Kenny Loggins is Kenny Loggins' backing band. Um, there's some really um, impressive work that they do in terms of like just, you know, playing out. And um, there's a guitar solo in there and everything. And as time has gone on, I've grown to appreciate this version more and understand that this one was just like, I see what you mean. It was just played with a little more energy and feel. Yeah. Um, now, I will say this, though. Michael McDonald does mix the two versions now when he plays it out live by himself. Um, he did this on Later with Jules Holland, where it was just him and a guitar player. And after that second verse, like in the Kenny Loggins version, he lets the guy take a solo, and it's great. So I think he he's embraced a little bit of it as well. I don't know if the Doobie Brothers play it that way, but I, I'm okay with the way that they play it right here. It, it's, it sounds good. Um, and I'll be honest, I can't yeah. remember the last time I listened to the Kenny Loggins version, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, this was a number one hit. Uh, this was the... Uh, I believe it was the first it was the first single off the Minute by Minute album. And... Uh, yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> such a i mean it's such a good song i still remember you know before the days of the internet wondering what he was saying when he's singing that man has, like i was like what is he saying there like <laughs> couldn't figure it out um but yeah such a great song man by such a great vocalist just done so well all right so that was your number three right mm-hmm. all right we'll get to my number three um this is a song by Steely Dan, and uh, it's called Hey 19. I don't think I remember this one. Or maybe I am. Oh, I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I um, the names of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one. That, this is from their album, Gaucho, which came out in 1980. Uh, this was one of those songs, uh, again, weird lyrics, but hearing it like this is one of the songs i think of where this is a this is a boat party song in which mm-hmm. there probably is a lot of cocaine and champagne uh, did, uh <laughs> did he play on this one let me see no he didn't this is the one this follow i know this song because it follows babylon sisters which feature bernard purdy on drums um th- this is a good this is a good track and yes we are totally doing coke to this song <laughs> if you're on a boat <laughs> That's just what they're doing. Um, the song, to me, it sounded like it was about uh, a girl, a, a guy who's um, who has this young girlfriend, but she's kind of dumb. Oh, man, I can. And it's funny because I can relate. But anyway. Yes, I thought of that, too. And I'm not talking about my wife. I'm not no, gonna say, no, I'm not gonna no, not, not Kendra. Sources. It was, it was someone way before Kendra. But is yeah. Abe would say had the uh, Frederick Douglass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times, man. Uh, but yeah, um, 
because in the I think this is in the second verse and he probably heard a little bit it said hey 19 that's Aretha Franklin so if he's yeah. playing Aretha Franklin and she doesn't know who that is um <laughs> uh just look at her and smile you look at her and smile yeah <laughs> um and then at the uh, uh at the end of the song Okay, well, I'm this. I guess there's a there's a part where he says "skate a little lower." So this might have been a skating rink song. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then towards the end of the song, he has a um, a part that says "the queer roll gold, the fine Colombian make tonight a wonderful thing." So uh, some some uh, tequila and yep. <laughs> and cocaine um, will make this relationship turn around. <laughs> Is that what things that she can't drink? Something she can't drink. <laughs> it, it just don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter when you're on the boat. Yeah. International Wait, waters. In the water. In the water. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> At so least they made a the 19. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> See, I. Uh, it, it, it could be ominous or positive depending on your perspective. <laughs> goodness. <laughs> so yeah, that's my number three. Um, all right, Ben, tell us about your number two. This is a song that takes me back. Um, Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street. Um, so I can, I can say, because I know Foo Fighters did a cover of this, a great cover, by the way. Um, that was not the first time I heard it. Um, this used to get played back in the late 90s, early 2000s on 96 Rock, which was the Atlanta classic rock station. You had 99X, which played, you know, New Alternative, and then 96 Rock that played you no know, more classic rock. And this song had played quite a bit. Um, it was also in an episode of The Simpsons, as a matter of fact, um, where Lisa plays a saxophone part. Um, ironically, no saxophone solo, just a guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> like you got this great saxophone riff, and there's no saxophone solo; it's just a guitar solo. Um, which is, I mean, I'm not complaining, but you know, this is this was one of those songs that takes me back to high school, and me and my friends thought it was so cool. It was one of those songs where we kind of rediscovered, you know. I remember, you know, there were a lot of songs like that when I was a kid that certain radio stations would start playing after taking out a rotation because the radio meant a lot more back then yeah and you'd be like oh you know i heard this song i remember like computer love was one of those songs which was old but i remember we heard my friends and i heard it in the 90s and we're like oh computer love like that became cool again i felt like this was that song with me and like a clique of friends i had in high school that were into this type of music you know baker street came back in their rotation on on 96 rock and i was like man have you heard that song like that like have you heard that song <laughs> and then Foo Fighters covered it and like it was you know it just it gained even more life and um, just kind of became this song that was just like to me if we're taking this song this gives me that feel of you're on the boat at night this song just always makes me think at night it doesn't make me think of an afternoon a morning this makes this song just makes me think of night for some reason yeah I, I could see that um uh, it feels like saxophone. 
the the saxophone solo is the uh, I guess what holds the song together, what or what makes it as great as it is as it is. Yeah, because uh, people I don't know if a lot of people know the words. Um, I don't, I don't. <laughs> but you can hum that sax solo. <laughs> I think yeah. that's. Um, I wanted to play something for you real quick, but uh, about uh, that relates to this song. Um, but it looks like the guy Raphael Ravenscroft, who played the sax solo, uh, felt that the solo was played out of tune, and it bothers him to this hmm. day. Oh, and that oh, that's uh, gonna suck. And he only got he didn't he wasn't able to re-record the take and then the song was mixed and he he didn't hear it so he said he was gutted when he heard it played back when he heard the song because he felt that it was flat and that it was out of tune and he wasn't given a piece of music to play so he just he just went with it yeah but that um a lot of commercials uh, ended up using that that piece for <laughs> uh, that piece of music, I guess, um, in in some cheesy ways. Um, I even saw in a couple of vines that <laughs> they just used the sax. Really? Part. Yeah. Oh. Um. And uh, it went to number two in America. Um, should have gone higher. Who beat it? <laughs> it was it, it was number one in South Africa, and in Canada okay, okay, and okay. Australia, and it was number two behind Andy Gibbs' Shadow Dancing. Okay, eh, eh. it's Andy Gibb. <laughs> All right, we'll get to my number two. Um. I'm surprised that uh, he wasn't on your list because I know you like the song. Well, not not the song I'm going to play, but it's a, <laughs> I know you like uh, the song his, he's most famous for, but this is one of my favorite songs maybe ever, but it's, it's definitely my favorite song by Christopher Cross. Oh, yeah. He's good. And this is, of course, Ride Like the Wind. <laughs> Gotta escape um, the. <laughs> when you're an outlaw on the run. <laughs> yeah. It's like the softest, like, outlaw song. <laughs> it, it, yes, it is. Um, I remember um, this. <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, there was this guy I knew who would. Uh, one one day he was just he was just singing this song. He was just singing, really he was just singing this song randomly, and I had heard the song already, but he just started singing it, and he's like, "Yeah, like it's I like that Christopher Cross song." <laughs> <laughs> it's like twenty years later, but um, that's what it makes me think of. And um, for anybody who watched the Yacht Rock web series, I I recommend it. I recommend watching he's the like Yacht Rock the, series. He's in the first episode, isn't he, Christopher Cross? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. He's not a like a major character. The two major characters are Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins, but they use Christopher Cross as a someone who's like just this nerdy guy trying to fit in. <laughs> um, but they made this joke. Uh, I guess the story of 
they made this story about Toto wanting Michael McDonald to sing one of their songs and he wouldn't do it. So they decided to make fun of him. And uh, there's a there was a show on there's a sketch comedy show called Second City TV uh, with all these actors out of Chicago, which you've seen them on in movies, Eugene Levy and, Con- and John Candy. Um, but Michael McDonald saying background on a lot of songs. So oh, in yeah. the sketch <laughs> they had where he's driving down the street, he's speeding down the street. And then he gets to the studio just in time to sing his part. <laughs> I love such that. a long love, way to go. And yeah. then, and then he leaves. But yeah, Michael McDonald played. Uh, he was the, he sang background on this song. Um, this was from Christopher Cross' first album. Uh, this was his first single, actually. I thought "Sailing" was the first single, but this was the first single. Um, it went to number two on the charts, and. Um, Yeah, like I, like I, I agree with you. This is one of the softest songs about an outlaw ever made, <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. And, and it sounds tro- and it's tropical because it has you know the bongos, yeah, um, and yeah, um, and you got Michael McDonald coming in on the background. <laughs> I will say this though, I would love to talk about this album one day because it was just like. It was Such the last of its kind. Album. It was the last of its kind, as far as like and before the music video. Yeah, and it's just like it killed him, and it's really sad because he's good. He's really good. Okay, this part I'm 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 not I don't want I'm not sure I believe this. Christopher Cross claims he was on acid when he wrote the lyrics. <laughs> Come uh, on, okay. bro. no, you don't have to do this, Christopher Cross. You don't have to do this. Trying to get some. Uh... <laughs> Was trying to get some cred? Like, <laughs> I like. We you don't no you don't have to do this, bro. It's it's okay. He's like, yeah, I did it because that's what John and Paul did. So, <laughs> did some drugs, wrote the song. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, what I wanted to play for you real quick was um, there's a uh. There was a, a very weird cover of Baker Street. <laughs> um, well, I, I told you about the the cover of I'm Not In Love. Uh, not the same um, band, but it's a house version of it. I, I wanted to get your, your opinion on this. All right. Winding your way down to Baker Street. Lighting your head and bed on your feet well another crazy day. Drinking out away and forget about everything. This city does and makes you feel so cold. I actually don't mind it. So many people, but it's got no soul, and it's taken you so long to find out you were wrong when you thought it held everything. Used to think that it was easy. Used to say that it was so easy. It's got that old school health beat. I can imagine this song being played on like MTV's The Grind, if it remembers that show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll wait till the beat drops here.
So yeah. Uh, I actually like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is by Undercover. Um, yeah, that's by Undercover. So and from their album, check out the groove in which it's they have a cover of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. Um, <laughs> the way it the way it is. I don't know if I played you that one. They have a house version of the way it is. Is the house well? Have you ever seen the movie? Was that movie with um, Kirsten Dunst and Cisco where they did September? Is it better than that one? That um, was cheesy. You that might think cheesy. it's better. You might think it's better than that one. <laughs> that movie, I can't. I can't remember the name of that movie. Cisco probably could be an actor. Come on. <laughs> they have a house version of the way it is. They have a house version of Waiting for a Girl Like You by Foreigner. Before, okay, all right. <laughs> House uh, it all. <laughs> and they have a house version of How Long by Ace. You remember that song? Oh, I love that song. That almost made it on this list, too. It almost made mine, yeah. Because that was Paul Carrick, right? Yeah. Great singer. Great singer. <laughs> <laughs> Loved him in Mike of the Mechanic. He's, he's a good singer. All right, Ben. Um, that was my number two. All right, okay. so my number one song, this is one that I just chose because... Ever since I heard this, I felt that everyone on this song was playing their ass off. Um, this is Thunder Island by Jay Ferguson. The cheesiest song ever. I don't listen to the words. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie to you, bro. I listen to that bass player. I listen to that drummer. I listen to that guitar solo. Like, they're good. Like, he just drives that bass, man. And then in the in the verse, he does these like really crazy kind of like slides up the neck and like yeah, like just everyone on this song is just playing really well. Did I have this on the list I sent you? Yeah. Okay. Don't remember if I did, but yeah. But no, I heard yeah. this. I heard that. I had heard this one, but I think I just added it to the list. Yeah, I don't even know what it's about. Um, it's yeah. I mean, it wasn't even a. <laughs> I know nothing about this song other than how well they played it. And I saw a really great live video of them on some show, you know, not one of those shows where they sync, like lip sync. They're actually playing it. Um, it had to be like a, maybe a six or I think it was like a five or six person band, and they were just killing it, man. They were killing it. Uh, this song went to number nine on the Hot 100. He is considered a one hit wonder. And this song was featured in Anchorman 2. Yep. And Miracle. <laughs> it was on an episode of Family Guy 2. <laughs> For some reason, where Stewie oh, uh, is bringing in a big island of trash. Joe Walsh played guitar on this. Was he on this song or was he on the album? Because when he, played, he was on um, this song. That makes sense because yeah, that's probably him. Yeah. I, I love me some Joe Walsh. You know who else loves Joe Walsh? And he's probably listening. Hi, Matt. He loves Joe Walsh. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's a big Joe Walsh fan. We went and saw the Eagles together maybe six or seven, probably eight or nine years ago. And Joe Walsh had his own set. And it was killer. He's old, but like he still has so much energy (laughs) to be his age. Um, But on this song, though, um, I mean, it, it charted topped out at um number nine on the hot 100 yes. i didn't realize he was a um i didn't realize he was a one-hit wonder um i just thought i always felt this was a silly song 
based on the lyrics in the video on not the video on the cover he's sitting in front of what looks like palm trees with his shirt open and he's got like that 70s quintessential 70s mustache yeah i'm i'm looking at it right now <laughs> that like everyone had back then for some reason white or black you just had that thick mustache <laughs> that everyone now calls the porn stash because like every now what gartner was it gartner Minshew who yeah. grew one out yeah gordon hayward grew one out too now you just look creepy if you do it because <laughs> now most guys will do it and they'll like grow like they have the five o'clock shadow too you just look dirty <laughs> <You> just look... <laughs> um but yeah like the i just yeah i mean this yeah who know who knows who whatever happened to this guy <laughs> um i just love this song what does he do now and I literally uh, oh, I cannot been... listen to it without without the complete instrumentation because then it loses its luster. Like I don't want to hear like an acoustic version of this. I want to hear that. <laughs> he's I been um, lyrics. He's been doing music for television. Uh, oh wow! Lately, he what he did music for The Office and Nightmare on Elm Street Five, NCIS Los Angeles. He's he's currently the soundtrack composer for NCIS Los Angeles. Whoa. That's that's dope. Good for him. Yeah. He parlayed Thunder Island into a whole career. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um you know I, now he's probably no longer known as the guy who wrote Thunder Island. He's no. like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a TV producer. Yeah, that's probably the soundtrack it. producer. <laughs> um Man, I feel like we should do a part two of this. Like I'm just, totally down. just the more another because five, because there were so many I could, songs. I could add more. There were so many songs I left off. Um, yeah. Ambrosia, uh, Ace, biggest part of me. Yeah. Um. Uh, America. Um, mm. Orleans. Or or is it Orleans? I don't know. Probably Orleans. Uh, the the song "Dance with Me," uh, yeah. "Baby Come Back" by Player. Oh, uh, we had no Hall and Oates. I left off the Little River Band. <laughs> there's a Little lot of River people. Band, Atlanta Rhythm Section. Mm-mm, yeah, there's uh, a lot of people. Rupert Holmes. Just we left so off much. the Escape. We left off the Pina Colada song. So so many songs. <laughs> I thought about putting Hot Rod Hearts on here. I thought you would have had it on here. <laughs> I almost yeah. did. Almost. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I listened to it a few times. I was like, is it on here? Is it on here? I had to listen. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's, there's so much good music. People make fun of it, but there's so much good music from this period of time. So my number one um, is a song that I listened to the lyrics and the the the, the song makes no sense. It really doesn't, but <laughs> it was a hit song, and yeah. Uh, so this is, um, well, I'll just play it. The thing that's funny about this is that this was, of course, this is I'm Alright uh, from Caddyshack. And 
what's funny is that it, the it, I go right back to the the Yacht Rock web series mm-hmm. where how the story of how this song was made basically they didn't do soundtracks <laughs> okay but um Harold Ramis was getting threatened. Like, if you don't have a song for the soundtrack, we're not putting this movie out. So he has to convince. He tried to get Michael McDonald. That didn't work. So he got Kenny Loggins, who want who who's going off to do who wants to do his own thing. <laughs> so he made this song, and it see and it sounds like it rocked too hard. It was like the it sounds yeah. too harsh. It doesn't sound smooth. Which yacht rock is supposed to be smooth? <laughs> but definitely this is like this is this is a this is a rich person headbanger <laughs> headbanger at the country club yes it's, yes <laughs> if you're headbanging at the country club this is the song that's playing and uh, well this part's about to come up it's my favorite part of the song and it hasn't been sampled enough or if ever um all right, here it is. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the song. <laughs> it's, it's well done, but I'm yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't been sampled before. Um, but the lyrics make no sense. Um, there, it's kind of like using the plot of the movie uh, <laughs> as the lyrics to where there's a judge and like what do you what like uh, Michael McKean is supposed to be the star of this movie because I think he had just been nominated for an Oscar he's like 20 21 years old or something and he's supposed to be the lead character of this but who the first the first characters you think of from Caddyshack are Rodney Dangerfield and Bill Murray. You don't yeah, know, you don't don't know Michael McKean. Michael <laughs> you don't, don't know, know who, who that is. is. Or Michael O'Keefe. Michael McKean is the dude from he was on SNL. But I'm looking at this. I've never I've never seen Caddyshack, so I have seen it. A lot of people think it's one of the funniest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh or at least the funniest sports movie. I I don't get it. I don't get how it was so funny. But Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got some heavy hitters though. Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield. Is he still alive or is he dead? No, he, he passed a while ago. Yeah, he he died in 04. Rest in peace. I should have known that. Um Yeah, Bill Murray, who is basically now apparently just uh <laughs> crashes people's parties. Yeah. <laughs> Being himself. <laughs> um yeah, maybe I'll go back and watch it one day. I don't know. But Oh man, yeah, that intro to that song is—is is it on par with um, "Sweet Child of Mine"? Like, if people hear it, they might run to the dance floor, like at a wedding. <laughs> uh, like the, you play that, like ah, and they run. And, it has like, to be—it has to be a wedding at a country club. I think it's only—it's only the the dance floor filler at the country club. I probably should have played that at my '80s gig because I was totally within that crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, it's it was one of those songs that I, yeah it, it that's what made it made me think of of a country club and uh, just people rocking out because also in the movie like I think it, this song is played at like at the end 
But there's a part where um, what was the song by Journey? Uh, Any way you want it. Mm-hmm. And that song was played while they're playing golf, and you know golf is supposed to be this quaint game. Everyone's quiet and respectful of each other. But Rodney Dangerfield, mm-hmm. he's playing a guy. He's playing a a character who's got who's in the, who's got this new money, but he's a little crazy. <laughs> so he goes, so when he so he's on the course playing, he's playing loud music and he was playing Journey <laughs> and oh everyone and everyone starts dancing. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like, but I. Caddyshack is, uh, I I don't care for the movie, <laughs> but the song I like the song, and even though the song is about the movie, so you have you have to like see the movie to understand the song. But okay. other than that, I you you know unnecessary. But anyway, um, <laughs> that will do it for our because five. Um, yacht rock songs. We got to have a part two. We left. I I, I feel like I left a lot on the table. Mm. <laughs> I left a lot on the table. Uh, uh, there's another song by Ten CC called uh, "The Things We Do for Love." I feel like it's that's been in a few commercials, but um, and also like Chicago could be part of this. Mm-hmm. Some of their eighty stuff, yeah. Um, what other artists? Paul Davis. Uh, we had no Hall and Oates. Um, the Eagles, possibly. Yeah, some of that. Um, what's the I can't tell you why? And um, yeah, yeah, that's a great song. Got to uh, see them perform that live too. <laughs> Captain and Tennille. Oh God, I forgot about them. Yeah, so that that we we'll do a part two sometime down the line. Um, we'll get to my Irum of the week. Uh, this is the second time the lead artist, I guess you'd say, has been on this list. Um, and it's um band called Brass Tracks. Uh, previously had their cover of EXO Tour Life. Um, and this song they just came out with an album called Golden Ticket, and this is the title track. Featuring Masego and Common. And, uh, well, when you hear it, if you don't know by the title, you know what what has been sampled here. So, <laughs> this is Golden Ticket by Brass Tracks featuring Masego and Common. And we'll be right back. Cause he use him probably That's all cool cause he's moving I see Stats all prove he was choosing wisely Who the OG screaming Mazel Tov And crew and whole team go hurrah hurrah 
the old me from my office job Now I'm all king and I'm bossing up Like black sax bandit Trap house candidates Look like sound like gliss like granite Oops I mean glisten Shine is the mission I'm the audio piece prize if you listen Black Willy Wonka Act silly uh-huh Cats with me actually trapped till the sun up Back to me run up Actually quit it This gift of melody's my golden ticket All right, that is Golden Ticket by Brass Tracks featuring Masego and Common from their album, Golden Ticket. And you can find that on our BTT YT Earworms playlist on Spotify right now. That was very good. I like that. Yeah. So um, that brings us to the end of the program, guys. Uh, ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? <clears throat> yes, I can. Yes, I can. So, um, if you're listening to us right now, um, you can skip this part. I don't know because you found us. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've already found us. However, <clears throat> if you want to tell your friends how to find us, or if you want to know where else you can find us, maybe you just heard this by accident. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on in these streets. You know. Uh, first, you can go to Facebook.com/slash. By the time you hear this, you can check us out on the gram/slash IG. Um, at by the time you hear this, and that is spelled with the letter U as well as our email address at gmail.com and it's spelled with a letter U because we're urban. Yes, we are. And we're not undecided. Most um, definitely not. The debate, another... the, we're recording this the night of the debate and I, I don't need to watch that. Mm. Yeah. But you know, this, this ain't a political show, so we're not going to go there. No, it's at least not tonight. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so um, if you would like to listen to us on the go, as most people listen to podcasts um, on your mobile device, you can check us out on um, Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Google, whatever they do. I don't know. I just, I use Spotify for mine, which I know I normally say for last, but hey, Spotify, um, who is cornering the market on podcast people, um, especially with their, with their Joe Rogan deal. My goodness. Um, you can also check us out on, um, auto radio, Castbox, um, listen notes, overcast, auto radio, any of these pod podcast aggregate sites, check us out. Um, and then, you know, like you said, of course, on Spotify, which is like now your one-stop shop for podcasts, exclusive content. And apparently Joe Rogan, even though they want to, they want to, um, censor him apparently. So that ought to be interesting. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I was like, good luck. there's already people, angry people on their Twitter saying, if you censor Joe Rogan, I will cancel my subscription to Spotify. And it's not like a few of them. It's a lot of them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would leave that alone if I were them. But check us out. We're on there. And, and Spotify is not threatening to censor us. At least I don't think so. No, so. I, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't received any messages about that. <laughs> I don't think any any uh, Spotify employees are having meetings about by the time you hear this podcast. <laughs> they seem like hipsters, though. Maybe if I say that, like, you know, the black keys suck, maybe that'll. <laughs> no I way. don't even know that's Who's still a hipster the... band. <laughs> no, not anymore. I don't like. Um, God, what's that band? M83. M83 sucks. Bring it on, Spotify. Bring it on. K Kavinsky. Trash. <laughs> oh, whoa, Greg. <laughs> 
They're oh, gonna too far. Come. I would do far. They're gonna come. They're gonna come look for they're us now. For us. <laughs> oh, they're gonna come look for us. Oh man, you get this guy. He's a Kavinsky sucks. I'll, he would. Oh. <laughs> this guy likes Kenny Loggins. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. All right. Well, uh, what should we end the program with? I I have a couple of ideas, but well. Um, um yeah mm, i would say my vote would be for peg because we've talked about it <laughs> oh quite yeah a bit. We, like peg we didn't yeah okay and it's a great song and just and funny enough apparently if you go to the west georgia library um and it's probably circa 2006 you can find my cover of it with the west georgia jazz combo all right so we'll end it with that uh, we're going to play Peg by Steely Dan. Um, it might be on part two, but we'll we'll figure out what we'll do that pretty soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. Peace.